accountability is so big. I tell people all the time, Eric, you're in this life, you're going to fall into one of four camps. Camp one is I hope it doesn't come up. Camp two is if it comes up, I'll wing it. Camp three is if it comes up, I'll talk about it. But then there's camp four. And camp four is if it doesn't come up, I'm bringing it up. To be somebody that means business about changing your life, you have to be in camp four. But to get into camp four, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of sacrifice. You have to have answers to things that nobody else has answers to. And most people just aren't willing to pay the price. So that would be the first thing that, that I would say is a key component of getting from where you are to where you want to go. You have to consume and you have to get around people that have been where you want to go. That accountability is critical. Uh, everybody has a dream. Who doesn't? Like we, yep. we could sit down and have coffee with 100 people. And what I have found in leadership and mentoring, the problem is not the dream. It's the problem. The problem is the people that only dream and never take action and hold themselves accountable to doing it. Jeff, you're an Army veteran, husband, father, speaker, coach, entrepreneur. You're also the host of a really awesome podcast called the Champion Forum Podcast. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. You bet, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I love everything that you're putting out there. And when I can get around like-minded people, it's a good use of time. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I like to go back with my guests. You had a pretty unique childhood. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Yeah, so I grew up in southwestern Pennsylvania, just south of uh, the city of Pittsburgh, home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course. Nice. And uh, growing up was a little rough. I didn't realize it, uh, that it was rough until I got a little older. Okay. Uh, but I had, I had two parents that were grossly ill my entire life. Neither one of them ever worked a day in their life. Wow. Um, my mom battled a, a chronic autoimmune disease by the name of lupus. And my dad battled uh, chronic osteoarthritis that led to multiple surgeries, amputations. Uh, you know, this, as you can imagine, led to substance abuse, sure. a lot of bad decision making, and uh, a life of poverty. And uh, man, you know, our best hope, my brother and I, was to get out of the madness and get into a good steel mill or a coal mine, make a run at it, and uh, help take care of my parents. But uh, there were much bigger plans in store for me that I knew nothing about. And uh, it was exciting to be on the journey. I love that. You know, I know a lot of people who have had parents on disability and rather than try to make that change, they kind of get into that same cycle of getting on disability on their own. And then, you know, they, they get stuck in that, but you obviously wanted to change. You didn't allow your, your past to define your future. What was it that motivated you to make that change? And was there someone who spoke life into you that helped you kind of get on a different path? Yeah, man, there was uh, a lot of people, you know, I think everything rises and falls with leadership, mm. which is why I've now dedicated my life to helping develop other leaders. And there's been many, many people along the way, you know, whether it was a, a VBS teacher to uh, a high school teacher to my boxing trainer to a drill sergeant that made a big impact on me in the military, and then my 23 years at the same company in corporate America. I've had a magnitude of great leaders around me. And I'd love to tell you any success I've had is because of how awesome I am, but that would be an absolute lie. Sure. Yes, I did things. And I think there's three key principles to get you from where you are to where you want to go. Yeah. But here's what I know. Get around people that have been where you want to be. And uh, that's a big key in success. And that did happen at a young age, because if it wasn't for those people filling the gaps, whether it be an aunt, an uncle, whatever it might be, you get into this silo, you get into this environment. And to your earlier point, Eric, 
you don't know how to break out of that because you don't really know another way. And then history repeats itself. But I said, I'm not going to let hell or high water uh, stop me from at least bettering how things are. But I had no idea how good they could be. So amazing. And what are those three things that you talk about to get you where you want to be? Well, I'll tell you this, um, you know, how I came to these three things was really being asked the question a lot of times. And, you know, what I have found about success is it does become magnetic. People want answers. They want to know uh, what is the formula to get there. And I felt like I was doing people a disservice by saying, hey, just keep your keep your head down, work hard and plow hard. <laughs> like that's not that's an answer. It's not the answer. Yep. And, um, you know, I went to the military to back up. I went to the military. Really, I'd love to tell you it was for the grand old flag and I was full of patriotism, although I am. The reality was I was in a lot of trouble. I was around the wrong crowd and I was running from something, not to something. But I'll tell you this, the military shaped me up. It made me a man and uh, it, it gave me the structure that I needed in the most vulnerable time in my life. And upon transition from the military, uh, I was ready to go to college, but I got the call that I had gotten so many times, which was from my dad saying they're sending mom home in hospice. And oh, mm. by the way, I have to have my first leg amputated or it's going to kill me due to infection. So I did what you would do, Eric, or anybody else and put college to the wayside and then answered a, a newspaper article to be a truck driver. Wow. And uh, I spent 23 years and 10 promotions as a truck driver. And the three things uh, to your earlier question that got me from an entry-level blue-collar worker to a senior leader in Fortune 500, the first thing is accountability. Mm. And that, that might be like, uh, okay, thanks, Mr. Obvious. We've heard it before. But it's, it's easier said than done. Yeah. And accountability is so big. I tell people all the time, Eric, you're, in this life, you're going to fall into one of four camps. Camp one is, I hope it doesn't come up. Camp two is, if it comes up, I'll wing it. Camp three is, if it comes up, I'll talk about it. But then there's camp four. And camp four is if it doesn't come up, I'm bringing it up. Mm -hmm. To be somebody that means business about changing your life, you have to be in camp four. But to get into camp four, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of sacrifice. You have to have answers to things that nobody else has answers to. And most people just aren't willing to pay the price. So that would be the first thing that, that I would say is a key component of getting from where you are to where you want to go. You have to consume. And you have to get around people that have been where you want to go. That accountability is critical. Uh, everybody has a dream. Who doesn't? Like we, yep. we could sit down and have coffee with 100 people. And what I have found in leadership and mentoring, the problem's not the dream. It's the problem. The problem is the people that only dream and never take action and hold themselves accountable to doing it. Yes. Wow. Now, I mean, you mentioned this, you're working corporate America for 20 plus years. You decided to jump into becoming a full-time speaker, coach, entrepreneur, that is scary. Like, I feel like I'm in the same boat at times where, you know, my goal at the end of this year is to walk away from my full-time job and earn enough through my entrepreneurial efforts, right, to, to get to that point. But when you made that decision, what was going through your mind? And, and was there people like were speaking into your ear saying, don't do that, speaking negative? How do you deal with that stuff? Yeah, there sure was. Uh, I'll tell you this, it affected me physically. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, a role reversal here. I wasn't yeah. running from this time. I was running too. Yeah, I, I had a fantastic career. I had, you know, a seven figure stock portfolio to walk away from. Uh, I was about to be promoted again for the 11th time. Wow. Things were great. I was looking at down the barrel of an early retirement, but I'll tell you exactly what came to my mind. 
What came to my mind was in third grade in the welfare office when I was with my dad. One of my most vivid memories of childhood is when I was in the welfare office, 147 North Main Street, Washington, PA, when my dad was petitioning the state one more time for food stamps. It would have been about a value of $4,000, but he was told once again, you make about $400 more a year than you need to to qualify for this benefit. And so a man that was taking care of a wife in hospice and two young boys went from desperate to angry. And that led to uh, custody. Uh, they, they took him away. Security took him away. The cops showed up. And I was whisked away into this room, not knowing what was happening. I still vividly remember the smells. I remember the environment. I remember the language, the noise. I remember everything about that day. And over the last two years, Eric, I was thinking so much about what we call the funeral test. If I look back, am I going to be happy with what I've done with my life? What more do I need? Here's what I need. I need fulfillment. I need to do for others what others have done for me. I'm willing to give it all up because I'm going to spend the rest of my life making sure that if there's a, a Jeff Hancher in third grade that's going through some kind of hell or aspires to lead or aspires to do something or that leader out there that's broken down and has a great idea and doesn't know how to make it happen, I want to be their answer. And so I will dedicate the rest of my life making that happen. That's what led to it. But uh, it was stressful. It was scary. Yeah. Uh, it was unknown. I still battle a poverty mentality at times. Oh my gosh, you're, what if this doesn't work out? Here's the reality. I'll go get a job if this doesn't work out. I'm pretty employable. Um, but I did end up, truth be told, I ended up passing out on a commercial flight. And uh, I'm a healthy guy. But this stress was just building up in me. I went to the doctor. I went to the emergency room, actually. They almost landed the plane. Um, and they just said, you just have high blood pressure and you're healthy. This is stress. Make the decision. And that's when I just jumped off. And like Steve Harvey tells us, sometimes you just got to leap. And yeah. uh, boy, did I, not knowing a pandemic was right around the corner, by the way. <laughs> sure, right. Oh, man. Now, you do these one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, trainings. You do group coaching. You do you know trainings, things like that. When you work with folks on that one-on-one, -on -one, what's that journey that you walk them through? Here's the journey. As is, should be, barriers, payout. That's the journey. Now, there's a lot that goes into that, Eric. Sure. But I go in, I meet with an entrepreneur, I meet with a, an executive in their business, and I try to define how things are right now. Mm. How should they be? Let's agree on what they should be. And then what are the barriers to get there? But hey, let's think about the payoff. If we're willing to pay the price and do the right things to hold people accountable, to have continuous improvement, to engage motivation, what is the payoff? Is the risk worth the reward? And I, I tell them a lot about my story because my story stories speak. And when I talk to people that I'm coaching, I talk a lot about continuous improvement and why the pain is worth it. And I remember being 17 years old and my uncle introduced me to the sport of boxing. And I went to my very first session and Benny Urso was his name, my trainer. He, uh, he could tell I had a chip on my shoulder. And what he did was he got this 20 pound medicine ball and he gave it to my partner. My partner's name was John. And he said, drop this on Jeff's gut 20 times and count out loud, Jeff, I want to hear you. And so 18, 19, 20, Benny comes over and he says, listen, why did you stop? I said, you told me to count out to 20. He said, my mistake, son. 
I didn't want you to stop counting until it start, start counting until you started feeling pain. He said, you're either going to sweat in this gym or you're going to bleed in the ring. Either way, there's going to be pain. Most times, these people that I coach, Eric, they know what to do. It's the matter of the accountability and what are they willing to do to continuously improve to get there. That's the barrier piece. But if I remind them of the payoff, now we can get somewhere. So I spread it out in that process to really hold up the mirror for these folks and give them the 23 years of insight that I have, get them around somebody maybe that's been where they want to go. Oh, so good, man. I actually have it on my wall right here. Constant and never ending improvement. Uh, and I, Ed Milet had said the acronym canny one time and I was like, dude, I'm putting it right there. And so I see I that it. every morning, man. You know, one of the things you talk about, which it's big for me too, is where you spend your time is where you get your results. And so many people, they say they don't have enough time to pursue their dreams and their side hustles. And for me, I work full time, you know, nine to five, I get up at 4am six days a week, and I'm, I'm fighting for my dream, I'm fighting for my passion and my goal. But when you hear people say, oh, I don't have enough time for that, like, what goes through your mind? How do you what do you say to them? I say this, uh, time is the differentiator in life. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that we all have, uh, everybody is the 24 hours. Yep. And what separates the good from the great is how we spend our time. That's an absolute fact. Yep. Now, look, there's something to be said about aptitude, all of these things. Uh, but here's what I know. The people that focus on their HPAs, their high performing activities, these are the ones that win at the highest levels and know how to spend the 24. You know, if I were to ask you, Eric, or any, any of our listeners today, uh, what is Warren Buffett good at? Everybody could tell us he's great at stock. He's great at investing. If I were to ask all of our listeners, what's the second thing he's great at? Nobody knows. And quite frankly, nobody cares. I don't even know if Buffett knows what he's second good at. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He spends six hours a day minimum reading, thinking, preparing, investing. He is spending his 24 going all in on his high performing activities. When people tell you they don't have enough time, what they're really telling you is, is one, either they don't know how to spend their time or that they're unwilling. But these are typically the same people that can throw 10 darts in a bullseye. Now right. you tell me, um, and I'm all about having fun, Eric. Yeah. But you know, unless you're really good at it, uh, throwing darts in a bullseye is probably not going to get you to your dream. Yep. But they will know every quarterback on fantasy waivers and everything else, but they don't even know the principal objective of their company. And yeah. so you've just got to make sure that you're spending the time on the things that are going to move the needle the most. And yeah. the best way to do that is with a good old fashioned legal pad. What are the things I can do today that's going to move the needle the most and then rank them accordingly? That is a huge differentiator in how people spend their time. Huge, huge. I think I made this mind shift over the last couple of years. My other podcast focuses on MMA fighters. And I used to talk about like the UFC and all this stuff. Here's the thing. I've had a, a MMA podcast for since 2017, and I haven't watched a UFC fight in probably three years. Hmm. And what I did was I shifted my mindset from going, yep, I like that UFC. I talk with these amateur fighters now, but my mindset is all about entrepreneur and how I how do I get to my goal of being a full-time podcaster? <laughs> How do yeah. I get to my full-time goal of being a speaker? And I can come back to the UFC. It's not going anywhere. Right. But I had to shift that mindset for a while to go, okay, I'm focusing on this stuff. This is my high-performing you know, activities that I need to do. That's so that's, good. That's absolutely it. And here's something. Uh, one of the first books I ever read, matter of fact, I, to, to be very transparent, I didn't read a book until I was 22 years old. If it wasn't for Cliff's Notes, I would have never made it through high school. Totally. <laughs> 
But the first book I ever read was Lead the Field by Earl Nightingale. I had a manager that made a deposit and said, he didn't say it, but he said it without saying, you're kind of a mess. And this, this Lead the Field taught me how to set goals. Now, something I adopted myself that I would recommend to anybody, just get an index card. And on the front of that index card, write the three things down that you know you need to accomplish short term in order to get progress on your goals. On the back of that index card, write three people's names or an organization that you care deeply about that your success is impacted to. Every night, uh, every morning when you get up and that thing's on your, your nightstand, you look at it and you look at the goals for the day and then you look at those people's names. You say their names out loud and you say, today's the day I do it for you. When you go home to bed that night, before you leave, put that index card on your pillow. When you go home and you're ready to tuck in for the night, pick that index card up, turn it over, look at those names. If you did what you were supposed to today, say those names out loud and say, today I did it for you. If you did not, say their name. Eric, today you were not worth it. Now you might think that's extreme, but it's the ultimate in point number one, accountability. Because at some point we have to realize success isn't just about us. There are people counting on us to win. And who is it that you're letting down, a cause you care about, a person, a sick parent, whatever it might be that you're letting down? New entrepreneurs, this is absolutely critical because you will get stuck in the minutia and not know where to go. HPAs and prioritize what you're doing. That's how you move the needle. Yes. I, I, my, men, my mindset, and, and I didn't do this till late. I probably did this three months ago, and I should have done it a long time ago, but I finally put together a solid vision wall. I literally took an entire wall of my office and created a yes. vision wall. So it's got quotes, but it's got my, my, me and my family, big picture there. Me and my wife, big picture there. Like those are the two things. And every single morning, I look right into that and I said, I'm doing this for you guys. I will always fight for you. I'll always fight for our marriage. That's one thing that I do seven days a week, every single morning when I walk into the office and I see that. And I just spend time like staring at that wall and I'm, I'm, I've got quotes and I've got pictures and stuff like that. But that's so important to just to go, hey, if I wasn't fighting for you guys, I let them down. It wasn't worth, they weren't worth it that day. Right. And so, huge to be able to say that out loud that's such a good good recommendation there thank you so yeah, much for sharing that you bet if you think of the impact of that eric you we hear these stories of like moms lifting cars off of children totally. like that's that's not that's not even real like we know they're real stories but it's like yeah. how how did they get the strength to do that mm -hmm. you know point three in the formula great 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 segue is engage your motivation yes. you know i remember being a truck driver uh, at Cintas Corporation, picking up the dirty clothes and whatnot. And I always wanted to go into sales. They looked fancy. They drove nice cars, all of this, but I didn't know where to go. I go to my first interview and I blew it. I blew the interview telling my family, this is my big break. I enroll myself into a Dale Carnegie sales training. I show up the first night in my best polo and dockers to go into a room full of people in three-piece suits, Collar stays, ties, they talked fancy, they looked fancy, and I knew this is where it ends. These aren't my people. And I was driving across the Fort Pitt Bridge knowing that I'm never going back, and it hit me. Here came that welfare office again in third grade. Here came all them nights, days in the hospital. Here came the chemo treatments. Here came the amputations, the surgeries. And at that moment, I said, not hell or high water. I'm going back to this class. I got a sales mentor. I went through that class. I got promoted. 
At some point, you have to be willing to sacrifice what you want now for what you want most. What is it that's driving you? The easy thing is to quit. We'll yeah. quit on ourselves, but we will not let the team down. Who is counting on you to win? And at that time, it was my pregnant wife, and there was no way my kids were going to go through what I went through. Not on my watch. Engage that motivation. It can get you through the worst times. Yeah. Oh, man. I got hairs on the back of my neck sticking up, man. I'm so fired up. Dude, that was yes, so good. sir. Yes, so sir. Good. You have this awesome podcast called the Champion Forum Podcast, which is so good. People need to be listening to this right now. Why did you decide to start this podcast, and how has that helped you in your business? You know, the podcast came before the business. The podcast okay. was my uh, desperation to scratch an itch. Uh, you know, I would go uh, in my community. I started doing uh, complimentary leadership training Saturday mornings. It started to grow like crazy. Uh, I joined a, a leadership training team at my corporation and I would always get this great feedback. You know, uh, as an entrepreneur, the first thing to tell you to do is test the market. Uh, so I was testing the market and I kind of liked where this was going. It gave me fulfillment. And uh, my best friend told me, hey, uh, you should really start a podcast. And I said, what's, what is that? Yeah. I hadn't even listened to one. I'm not a techie guy. I told you that. And, and I'm a consumer and I didn't even know what they were. And he said, man, I, I believe in this so much. I'll get you the equipment. All you got to do is show up and say what you say. And so in March of 2019, I launched my first episode while still at my day job. And uh, who knew uh, I hit new and noteworthy uh, someone said you should get a website. People want to talk to you. I hadn't been on social media day in my life, uh, before I launched a podcast, I saw it as the enemy of productivity, sure. but I launched, I launched it. I grinded through social media and a website and, and the podcast just kept growing and growing and growing. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So I was testing the market. It gave me confidence to, to make the big leap. So I think it was March of 2019. We let it, but I let it, uh, for no other reason than to make deposits on a bigger scale, a bigger stage. Uh, who knew there's one point some million podcasts out there and I'm one of the fish in that sea. But now I get the opportunity to impact people in Europe and Australia and, and all of this stuff. And there's no greater fulfillment for me, Eric, than making those deposits. And that's why I started the podcast. I love it. And I selfishly started my podcast because I like I was like, I just want to talk to really cool people and fascinate with people's stories. And then I was like, that's a great reason. You know, this is so this is so good. I should probably share that with the world. Right. And so that's kind of why I decided to end up launching the podcast. Of course, I have two and and it keeps me busy. I love to finish my shows off with asking it kind of a personal question. I'm a huge music fan. So I love to ask, like, what's a favorite type of music for you? Or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? You know what, uh, when, when I'm in that moment where I need to uh, kind of get myself going or I'm in a workout, it's, it's Kings of Leon for me. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that Kings of Leon for me, I'm really big into uh, worship music as well. Yep. So if I need to get my mind right, you know, if I need to get into a place that I feel like I need clarity uh, or I need direction, uh, or I need answers. That's the way that I'll go. But if I need to uh, run through a brick wall, Kings of Leon's coming on. I love it. it. We're big fans of Kings of Leon here at my house as well. I actually saw them open up for the band Jet at a wow. venue back in Seattle. This is like 2001. There was less than 100 people at the show. This was like on their Molly's Chambers tour when they look like they were from the 70s. Yes. And it was such a fantastic concert. Been a huge fan since. I and would love it. Yeah, they're definitely a favorite here at the family. Jeff, 
Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, man. Such an honor to have you on my show. You are an absolute world changer, man. I'm fired up, man, having you on the show. This is unbelievable. Thank you so much, man. It's been a privilege, Eric. I appreciate uh, you, what you're putting out. I appreciate all the listeners and your community. And it was a real honor to be on your show. I do appreciate it. What's going on? Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. If you've not seen my show or you don't know the services that I offer, I wanted to drop them to you right now. One, I do voiceover work. So if you're looking for a voiceover person to cover your motivational videos, or maybe it's Kickstarter videos or whatever it is, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you out there. I also work with brands on brand and product videos. So they'll send me their products to do reviews or box openings. Let me know. I'd love to work with you on your product as well and hope you get that product out there. I also love to be able to share my story. So if I can make an impact on one person at your next speaking engagement, let me know. I love to talk about my story. I love to talk about how our past does not define our future and morning routines and being consistent, how to be around those successful people that are just going to lift you up. Let's chat about having me speak at your next event. Let's make it happen. Again, thank you so much for checking out this show. Check out ericgallonmedia.com. Really appreciate your time. Have an awesome day.